What is up, hoopers, analytics, bad guys, bucket getters, boosters, blue bloods, and new bloods? On today's episode, it is a special portal edition. We're coming at you, coming through the walls. Where are these guys going to end up? And I don't know, is there a cutie out there for you? We'll find out on this episode. Someone make an ultimatum. Hey, Hoop fans, how would you like to get a 125% sign-up bonus up to $2,500? Join BetUS with promo code NEWBLOODS. That's N-E-W-B-L-O-O-D-S at BetUS.com, where the game begins. Bro, my name is Scoops Clary, coming live from you in Portland, Oregon, ready to give you some details. And joining me today, he's got the same haircut as him, and he was so proud of his boy, Zebo. It is Kyle Sessions. Certified Zach Collins respecter in the building. Logic respecter, G-Easy respecter, Kyle Sessions <laughs> respecter, Zach Collins respecter. <laughs> Uh, also yeah. joining us, he's got legs as well as his stories. You get ready because here he comes. Check out those games. It's Legs Linky. Y'all want to see my silly walk? <laughs> strut, baby, strut. <laughs> All right. So this is a special portals edition. We've got loads of names and loads of talent. I uh, I got I got the password to log in and see some of these guys and boys. There are some cuties, single and ready to mingle. Do you, let's bring it down. What are the rules of the portal, Josh? The rules of the portal. Hmm. Well, if you are Arkansas, apparently you get to offer three hundred thousand dollar NIL deals from directly from boosters. Uh, to members of the portal and and the normal recruiting class so um, I don't know if there are rules technically I mean I guess I guess you have to enter the portal by May 1st so that's a rule Mm. as far as the rest of the rules hmm. if you've already transferred before I guess technically you're not supposed to be able to be eligible immediately in this class but I think the NCAA is probably going to make some changes to that or, you know, make some exceptions to that rule. So I don't know if I would call that a, a, a real firm rule. I don't know. Do you, can you think of any other rules, Tuck? Uh, so I know when you're transferring, you have to only have transferred once in like two years, right? And then if you are transferring a second time in as many years you have to either sit out a year or say pretty pretty please mark emirate with sugar on top right um but other he than loves that, his sugar on top i'm telling oh, you. oh yeah i mean that's what he says is the integrity of the game right? right um yeah i mean that's probably a number one infraction for mark is no sugar this, on top i guess this isn't really like a portal rule but a lot of the guys who are in the portal are also uh declaring early for the nba draft and mm. In order to, uh, you know, come back to school or to stay in the draft, you have to make that decision by June 1st. So that's another rule. Um, Another rule apparently is that you need to have a graphic and you need it to be kind of cool. Hopefully, if it's not cool, you're going to get ripped online. So players... Hire Tuckton Edits. Hire Tuckton Edits. Email edits at gmail.com. That's right. We'll get talking. It's going to probably be pro bono unless you're division two going down to division three. Then I'm sorry, my guy. You're just going to have to do, send off a tweet. But like send off a tweet like you got a new job. You know how like corporate media is like, uh, I just want to thank, you know, so-and-so for this wonderful opportunity. These last three years have been incredible. Can't wait to see what's next. Eyes emoji. And then like a week later, you then tell us where you're going. You gotta do that if you're going division two, division three, division three to division two, open, open, ready to talk. Um, Wait, is that your real email? Tucked in edits at gmail.com. yeah. I set up an email, tucked in edits at gmail.com. Look, I I'm not gonna say it, but okay, I'm gonna say it. You better watch out for them groupies in your email, man. Oh my gosh, uh, there's gonna be some cool photos to Photoshop. Uh, but also, like, ultimately, I think like. 
You just gotta make sure that the graphics big. Like I know, I know that it look it's on a phone, so you think it's gonna look small, and it doesn't really matter. But pixels are pixels. Be careful right. with pixels. I'm and, I'm kind of tired putting of the... white text on gray backgrounds. You <laughs> yeah, weirdo. yeah, yeah, yeah. I you mean, absolute like... weirdos. Like I understand the like clean, modern, sanitized aesthetic, but I can't read any of it. I don't understand I, how I don't so many like 18 and 19 year olds don't know that when you screenshot a picture, it completely removes all the quality from the picture. Destroys the resolution. Absolutely look, destroys it. Look, I am in a relationship with somebody that went to RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design. So you just got to you just got to do some basic color theory, folks. And I'm colorblind and I know that. Like Flex. My you're God, just, you're colorblind, man? Bro, I'm colorblind. That's why you like, make the graphics you do. Oh my god! I'm a, yeah, I, I, uh, by the grace of God, Huck has uh, a handicap and he's still the goat. Uh, right. I, I, Handicapable. I, I, I basically have Ed Cooley's eyes. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm even more impressed. We're all Tuck Clary stands on this podcast, even more now than ever before. And you know, let's let's be real, like. When it comes to the portal, you know, us going portaling, talking about these portals going through walls, breaking down barriers, you know, breaking the rules. Um, I'm, is there any other program that talks about breaking the rules as much as LSU and a potential um, QD that Gonzaga might be interested in? A certain F-10 somebody. Ray. Yeah. F10. Come home. F10, you're more than welcome. I have a. I have Crunchy Roll lock-in for you. You can watch Naruto anytime you want. There are other animes as well. <laughs> Some guys in is waiting for you. DM right. me to GNC. Afton, come here. We need Zag Nation to break out their prayer circle. Get all, all the candles. Need it's some time. candles in the chat. That's right. We we need Afton Reed to know um, whether it's through, you know, like teleportation or any other any other way that we need to let him know that it is time to come home to, to Spokane, make himself a Zag. He would play incredibly well with or without Drew Timmy. I have full faith in the staff uh, helping Efton become the best player he could possibly be. Uh, it's a match made in heaven. Please, Efton, come to Spokane. Efton, please come to Spokane. Please, Efton. Um... <laughs> I don't know how those whispers are supposed to make me feel, but I'm not going to describe it on the podcast. Um, I'll keep it for the group chat. Uh, it looks like after read on a putback over somebody's head. That's, That's right. So. Lob City. Lob Lob, lob City. Goosebumps. After read. Look, in, and on the other end of the spectrum, could LSU maybe potentially be going after KJ Williams, a former Murray State player? Could he follow his former coach? We know Cajun Kyle enjoys the uh, the subtle nuances of Baton Rouge. I would I would absolutely love that. I I think that nothing could kickstart a brand new team under a brand new coach uh, more than that type of connection. You know that type of spark. But um, I don't know. I think LSU is just gutted, man. I'm gutted for them. I don't know if they have anything to offer anyone anymore at this point. Like they definitely don't have NCAA tournament bids in the future to <laughs> offer. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, is this not like just the last 15 minutes of Lord of the Rings? You know, like, are we not just getting like McCann waking up in bed and seeing alongside him, all these uh, racers welcoming him, letting him know it wasn't all a dream, and they succeeded by going to March Madness and playing in the round of 32. I just yes. hope if he lands all of his former players at LSU and they get that post, like, hopefully, he's able to talk the NCAA out of postponing that, that, uh, you know, tournament ban for at least one season to give his guys a realistic shot to play in the tournament again next year. I have a question because this is going around right now. Uh, uh, this is actually something that was just asked earlier on Zag Twitter. And then also is the question I have since we talked about Efton. We can only realistically make room for one big guy, right? Like, so we've got... I mean, yeah, it, it, it depends. Okay, okay. Yeah, but like... if we if that is the case, or I guess we can talk about de- it depends. But for me, it's what, read... 
broom and amac right like but the question is which fits the best well so it it, dep- it all depends really because it's it's all really dependent upon drew timmy what is he going to do um with this with this draft class is he staying in is he coming back if he comes back we don't want a guy like broom because he it would be terrible for like just the way he operates he's more like timmy where he's almost predominantly in the low block he's not going to step outside in space he's not going to play above the rim like reed would um so he doesn't really offer much in the way of spacing for for our interior so they really couldn't play together they'd have to play separately in the case of efton reed he could play with timmy he could play without timmy so if timmy doesn't come back if we land somebody like efton reed we would still probably need maybe a more traditional post to come in. So then enter Johnny Broom. Suddenly he's more, more valuable in that situation. I, I think another thing to think about here too, though, is like there's other guys in the portal who are interesting, um, not just those that may not necessarily have the height. And one of those guys could be like Kenny Lofton, um, you know, or Junior Lofton, as a lot of people call him. He played with the, the U.S. national team that's right super thick he played with the uh with the u.s national team with chet last year and Jaden ivy and some of the other guys and he was absolutely killer bucket. In that, in that he tournament. was a bucket is oh, what absolutely. he was and i i guarantee you in our system my god would he eat that man would eat so much that uh i believe that he probably gained 300 pounds just by feasting on our offense i love that idea so Kenny Lofton, uh, 57% true shooting percentage. The thing that I love is like he was a 78% put, like putback guy. Like he he was a bucket. He was a bucket scooping up off of other players' misses. So like that could ultimately be a big boon for you know right. if we become guard Zaga again and have have a lot of guys shooting outside. And and really at the end of the day, another thing about him that's really intriguing to me is that he wants to be in Spokane. I've heard enough to know that this guy kind of um, he's initiated some conversations. So, you know, anytime we get a guy like that, who reaches out first, who truly wants to be in our system, I always like the staff to, to put that one through the paces because I feel like that's a guy who will buy in. He knows what to expect as far as um, you know, the, the way that the playing time is kind of, dispersed how the rotation works things like that so like you know he's aware of those things and still wants to be here i love that um let me let me just say if if kenny lofton commits to gonzaga somebody has to put my guy on to chicken more and like take him to chicken more on the regularly because at first it's gonna be difficult going from louisiana tech up to spokane and getting the same culinary experience by far um and not saying that chicken chicken and mo is like necessarily at that level, but it's damn good. Uh, I'm just saying, like we can't we can't drive him out to super far north of Spokane out to Chick Fil A six days a week. That's just not gonna work. We gotta get our guy some some catfish sandwiches. Like those catfish sandwiches and chicken and mo, flame fuego, hush puppies. Let's go. Kenny eat chicken and mo does greens like no one else in that area like you can't find it that's the hardest thing and if he's a real real louisiana boy he's gonna need greens every day visit day. bob visit bob at chicken and mo i, I also just want to throw out there for for everyone louisiana tech where he played uh last year is in literally the middle of nowhere louisiana yeah it's like um, rustin or something right? yeah it's like in between shreveport and mississippi so oh shreveport <laughs> that's where the independence bowl was byu yeah shout out so, BYU. you know as far as like his accessibility to food it's not like he was in new orleans or something you all know? right where's he, where he gonna get gizzards is my question <laughs> you know maybe maybe we'll get a our our private chef to uh hook him up Real quick though, Lofton, uh, not very great on defense, right? Because he's trying to play bigger than he is, like, and he's also not very fast. I just, I don't know. I that that was one thing I was watching is, some some of his games, um, and highlights from from 
from before, and it just it this, looked a little. This ooh. is why you pair him with a rib protector stretch. Right. Yeah, Kenny okay. Lofton with Efton Reed. My God, ooh. could you imagine? Ooh. I just and, and really, hair game would like, be unbelievable. Hair game would be right. unbelievable. You know what's and, funny is like Gonzaga always embraces their transfers, but the idea that we would go from Timmy and Holmgren to two completely new players and just insert them straight into the starting lineup, I feel like we would have Zag Twitter in, in a tizzy because there's like a lot of people that are going to ride for some of our bench guys to see some minutes next year that I just don't think that they're ready yeah. for us to say we're going to outsource those minutes to some guys who are pretty well hey you know what i say to that uh do y'all remember what happened with joel Ayai and when somebody else came in do you uh, want to win mark for you mark for you gives you opportunities you just gotta show it yeah you gotta no, I, I understand i'm just saying I, I that's just something i think about because it, just like you know two new guys in the front court oh man i feel like we'd have a There'll be some debates, but I'm ready for them. I know you Embrace are. Josh. You're debate. always ready. <laughs> I, I think I think an interesting thing about Kenny Lofton's game to me too is that he is top 25 in the country in fouls drawn per 40 minutes. Um, meaning he is hard nosed. He gets contact inside. He's always looking to create that that contact around the rim. He doesn't shy away from it. Um, and there's been some questions about some of our guys maybe shying away from that in the post in recent years. And a guy like him, tough nose around the rim, like that could be a game changer for us late in, late in the season or in the tournament. He's also top 15 in the country in defensive rounding, uh, rebounding percentage. He's top uh, 40 in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So he, he gets on the boards. He works hard. I don't necessarily think that the idea that he's just automatically a bad defender. I don't know about that. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say he's elite, but um, you know, he, he does enough around the, around the rim to be able to be helpful. Uh, so his D rating is granted uh, who, you know, strength of schedule, but his D rating is 89.8. That's pretty that's good. Solid. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Good. I'm, I'm I excited can, then. I the can numbers lie. Maybe his, no, Kim Palm doesn't break it down individually by game. I think it's worth noting that Kenny Lofton, if he's on the Zags, he would have the highest defensive re- rate or the highest defensive rebounding uh, statistics, as well as uh, by far the highest offensive rebounding. And like, whether or not it's like a fair narrative, uh, rebounding was definitely much discussed during the last month of the season. When you guys yeah. were telling me about Lofton and like I didn't immediately recognize, put his name to the to the face into the game, but I uh, I kept thinking of that highlight that came out uh, in December of uh, that St. John Fisher player who like made that pass, rolled his ankle, fell over, and then <laughs> somersaulted back up. And dude's like 6'10", 300. Um, so I thought that, or no, he's like 360. Uh, but yeah, anyway, D3 player, uh, big boy. Uh, you know, another apparently interesting, not him. <laughs> another interesting aspect about Lofton's play is he's actually top 200 in the country in assist rate. And if I, I was looking at some of his individual games, you know, he's got... He had like five assists against Western Kentucky, six against Old Dominion, six against uh, UT San Antonio, uh, four against Rice, um, seven against FIU, six against Florida Atlantic. So like he gets he gets a lot of assists and he it seems like he facilitates a little bit out of the post that kind of would fit our system, you know, like the things we like to do where we kind of play high low sometimes. He he also at, has a two point four percent steal percentage, which is good enough to be in the top five hundred, which is pretty wild for a big his size. You know, right. um, it would put him at around like the ninetieth percentile. I don't even know what the percentile would have him for like big men. It would be much higher. Like he would be probably like 99th percentile or something like that's a very perimeter oriented stat bro you're hit. right i mean i'm looking at his steel numbers and he had all uh, several games with two three four steals so and, and it was down from the year before he averaged 2.6 a year before can you imagine him with anton just like yeah. Yeah. wreaking havoc in the lanes slapping right. some boys that would be pretty interesting to be honest. So, you know, I, there's a lot of good options here. So, you know, this idea that it's Timmy or bust or 
that we have to land, you know, the best big in the, there, there are so many interesting bigs in this portal. I would actually say, in my opinion, I'm more interested in the top 10 bigs than I am in the top 10 guards in this portal. And that might be sacrilegious to some people. Cause there's guys, there's guys I love like Kendrick Davis, you know, at SMU in the portal, but he, I, I just don't know if he fits our system or, you know, Nigel pack, he's probably going somewhere like Purdue. Um, you know, I, a lot of these guys, like they're they're not coming to Gonzaga because there's still question marks about whether a certain somebody could be coming back next year. There's still question marks about you know how the rest of our young backcourt comes together, like uh, Nolan and Hunter and Dom. There's a lot of minutes that are going to need to be dispersed amongst that group. Right. Yeah. And and like even you know uh, we're recording this on Thursday evening about two hours ago. Nevada guard Grant Sherfield. And do the same in the portal. And that's an another 18, guy I love. Eighteen point six assists per game. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Grant Sherfield is one of the most fun players to watch in the Mountain West, and has been for multiple years now. Um, it's kind of hilarious to me that he was only a third team All Mountain West player this year. Uh, he's very much like top five, top six in the in that conference, in my opinion. I granted Nevada didn't quite live up to expectations this year, but um, he's by far their best player or what? Isn't it, isn't it funny that, uh, a, a similarly sized and talented conference as the WCC awards the teams that are, are winners <laughs> in their, in their postseason awards. Anyways, well, <laughs> not to get sidetracked, the name we see the most tied to Gonzaga so far, as well as about 12 other schools and now down to five and Gonzaga still with him is a uh, big man from Utah Valley, Fardas Emac. Uh, 6'11", rebounding machine, scoring machine. He did pretty much a little bit of everything while uh, increasing his three-point shooting from one attempt a a season to, I believe, 45. Uh, What do we see in Fardaus' game that makes a lot of sense as a zag? Yeah, so he he has transformed his game from being almost 100% low block um, to pushing his way outside. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because his volume wasn't necessarily such that, you know, the people that jumps off paper at people. I think he, how many threes, hold on. I got to pull this up. Sorry. He hit 43 and a half percent on 46 attempts. Yeah. So, so this last season, he increased his volume like by, 460 percent exactly so you know like as far as like whether he's a a, you know knockdown three-point shooter as a big small sample size i get it but this dude has grown a lot with his game over the last couple years and the amount of work that he's put into his body um is unequaled across the board i don't think i've seen another college player who's you know created the the body that he has at this point um you know he's he's one of the best rebounders in the country including oscar shiwe um actually i believe he led the nation in rebounding was it this year and last year something like that um you know he he's also relatively good as a rim protector he was you know top around right around top 100 in block percentage last year he's still top 250 in the country this year and that's with him playing a little bit more outside than he used to um, he draws a ton of fouls. He was top 40 in the country last year at that. And this year he's, he's like top 50. I think that there's, there's something about his game to me that, that would work in our system. I know he's not necessarily everybody's first choice, but I know our staff is very interested in him. Um, as Caldwell has discussed, uh, on our previous podcast episode, um, you know, he, he's a guy that we want, we, we would like to, to work in. Um, and, and that's with or without Timmy. So it's not, it's not like an either or situation with him. Is the hesitation just because he played for UVU and we didn't get to see him against any really good competition outside of a couple of games? Or was it just because there's some bigger, more kind of bully ball players like we're talking about with Reed and Lofton or what I mean I'm just not sure what the hesitation is in terms of saying oh he's not the first choice or a lot of people have said we could have different options um I I think that's curious I think that's a big thing right because with Efton he's coming from the SEC with Kenny Lofton he's got a certain level of pedigree playing in those FIBA games um 
Broom, Broom has put himself on the stage of Moorhead State. That's a that's a high mid major to me at least. Um, yeah. I think ultimately it's just with with Fardos, you're 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 really curious like what he looks like against consistently big level players because that conference the whack isn't really close right in terms of level of talent especially front court players but yeah i mean against BYU he had you know 24 points uh 22 rebounds um four assists three blocks and five steals to be so, fair to be fair that was the game literally the game that hardware was dunzo and that's true. Um, they they like couldn't figure out like what the hell to throw at him. And I mean, hell of a time to sucked. So hell, <laughs> hell of a time to lose your only center against Fardos. Right. And, but then again, you're, what you're saying is that he was formidable even with or without Harwell. So I don't know. I, I think I, I like it's, is Utah Valley a uh, level of competition on par with, the best teams in the country of course not is gonzaga's level of competition on par with the best teams in the country hopefully well, soon i i hope so too but uh it is not yet that way we play in the wcc so you know uh there's there's definitely some games on the schedule where fardos will eat regardless of competition and and i know i i know that a co-host that uh couldn't join us on today's episode has some opinions on Fardos. He's, he's a little mixed. He has some hesitation, but I will say looking at his advanced stats, 41%, only 41% of his shots were at the rim and he shot 63.5% on those, which is pretty good. Uh, but what makes him interesting and could make him interesting, depending on if Drew Timmy comes back or if after Reed comes or if even Kenny Lofton comes, what makes him like an interesting piece, 48.2 of his shots were two-point jumpers. Yeah, he plays he plays that mid-range a little bit. Um, he's not he's kind of like in between the key and the three-point line a lot of times. What scares Austin is that his field goal percentage was 37.4% on this. Which yeah, is so- like I mean, That's I'm interested true. to see if those coach, if the coaches saw, hey, either it's at the rim or outside, no in between, like, right? Because uh, I, mean, I mean, that's Gonzaga's style, right? Is like, right. the Mike D'Antoni either at the rim or outside. I think, I think in our system, uh, he would he would change. He's not gonna he's not gonna be allowed to play the same way he played at Utah Valley. Um, that being said, I think that in a more efficient offensive scheme where he gets better looks, um, he's going to improve some of those percentages. And, you know, with the work that he's put into his shot and his jumper over the uh, last few years here, like, I, I just don't, I don't see a negative on that end. I, th- I think it's something that's actually a positive. Um, it's similar to Rajir Bolton. Like when he was at Iowa state, like he was the guy he had to mm-hmm. literally carry that team. And as a result, his efficiency numbers, were terrible and it wasn't it it was something where if you watched him play you knew how good he was you just couldn't see it necessarily in the statistics and and what happens when he goes to Gonzaga boom through the roof efficiency numbers Um, same thing with like Ryan Woolridge and granted these are guards we're talking about we're not talking about bigs but with Fardoz same thing like he's going to be taking much more efficient shots he's going to get many many more open looks he's going to have a lot more space to operate with um, I just see I see a guy who in the right system could potentially even work his way into eventually becoming a draft pick with as well as he's grown his jumper from the outside over the last couple of years. And the this pieces is a, that would be around is... him would be ones that know how to play uh, with efficient big looks like that's exactly what he would be getting. And I think you're right. But comparing them to the guards, it's probably easier for a big's efficiency to go up when he's in a better system. That's yeah, not- he's going to get a lot better he's- looks in, in the two point yeah. right around the rim uh, situation, because that's how our offense operates. That's what we're looking for with the big most of the time. But, you know, this is something this is something we talked a lot about with Anton, with Drew. If they're going to become NBA prospects, they have to grow their three point shooting and increase their volume and show that they can become a a reliable shooter from outside. That's something that Fardoz Amak actually did last year. 
He yep. actually grew his volume. He actually became reliable from outside. That's that's he's proven it. Like it's it's not the volume necessarily of like some of the other guys in the country, but it is it has grown exponentially. You can see it. Ten percent of his attempts this season were three pointers. He shot forty three point five percent on them. Ninety five percent of those were assisted threes, which fits pretty well with this program. Right. And you look at his numbers from last year, like he's consistently generating between 30 to 40 to sometimes up upwards of 45% of, of Utah's offense and points. So like, he's not going to have that same usage right. rate when he comes to Gonzaga. Absolutely so not. What Especially he does if get, Timmy comes back and he's yeah, playing alongside like what, him. What he does get will only be shots that he should, that he should be making. And so, right. Highly efficient looks. Um, otherwise, he's passing out and you know trying to yeah. find somebody open on the outside. Or if he comes in and trails and does that thing that Timmy did a few times this year and jack up a three on the trail uh, as the trail guy, you know he'll have a better shot of making those than, than Drew would. Uh, yeah, well, I think he's more of a spot shooter on the outside. But get those regard- feet set. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, um, you know I, I think that's. I know that's going to raise some eyebrows saying that this guy could potentially become a, a league level player, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that uh, this guy has literally proven growth. And, um, you know, it's something where if he goes into the right system, this could be one of those stories that looks amazing for Gonzaga on paper. You know, one of those guys who developmentally comes into our system blossoms and becomes like an actual legit prospect. So right. another name to consider in the portal is Jermaine. Uh, and, and excuse me if I don't pronounce this properly. I tried to look it up before the podcast, but Kuiznard from South Carol- uh, Carolina. He's a transfer guard. Um, he's one of the top, probably top 10 transfers in the country right now. And he has said that we're an option, but it depends on our current guard situation. He, I think he specifically mentioned uh, what is going to happen with either of their guards? Are they going to go pro or not? So <laughs> he's, I, it's, it's interesting that Andrew hasn't announced yet. And, and Rajir, I think he's technically in uh, the draft situation, but I don't think he, we've seen paperwork for him declare yet either. So I wonder, I wonder it's at gmail.com. Rajir. <laughs> that's right. I wonder if there's a certain, player among those two who could potentially come back hmm hmm interesting i think hopefully yeah hmm could you imagine i believe that efton breed uh hearing from a father was from the dmv area and um as caldwell said that these these au kids love playing with each other that's right on multiple levels and it's That's you know right. it's like a mini version of the nba where it's like what is what would virginia's version of a banana boat be um probably like a car stuck in traffic not moving at all listening to clips yeah yeah <laughs> uh all i'm saying is if this player uh decides to come back I think Efton Reed might say, "Yeah, me too." Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, me too. So you're saying that that his recruitment could hinge on the return of certain players. Interesting. You know, another interesting name that hit the portal today that I don't know. I don't know how many people really understand how good this guy is. Um, Antoine Davis out of Detroit Mercy. Um, this this guy has averaged over 24 points per game for his career. Um, granted, he's been playing under his father, Mike Davis, former Indiana Hoosier head coach, who actually took him to the title game at one point. Um, and he, he's a bucket. I mean, I mm-hmm. remember watching Detroit come in and play at uh, Gonzaga. What was that, 2020? Something like that. Um, yeah, 2020. And, um, you know, in, in that game, he dropped 31 points on us. He was like five for 11 from three. Um, he is one of the more dynamic, uh, scoring players in the country. Is that a guy that could potentially interest us at all? 
let's just say, have we not been talking about how smaller guards, yeah, you're you're worried about them as a perimeter defender to some extent, but there is a shiftiness that you just kind of love about a speed freak smaller guard. I looking at Antoine Davis, the dude, um, 52.9% shooter at the rim. He's over half of his shot were three pointers, which he shot basically 38% and hella, hella high attempt rate at that. I'll say, um, yeah, uh, he shot, (laughs) are you ready for this? He shot 522 field goals last year. The next closest guy shot 221. Mercy Mialago. That is. Yeah, his usage is absurd. Um, I believe he shot something right around 1,200 threes in his four year career at Detroit. Bro, my shoulders hurt just hearing that. (laughs) This man carried that roster and then some. Um, Granted, you know, it's Detroit Mercy. So I kind of get it. But um, I mean, I'm a sucker for a veteran guard who can get a bucket. I mean, why not bring in that guy? I don't, I, I want to see them fight for p- p- playing time at this point. Like, we got so much guard depth, but I don't know. I, I feel like that's something we can add, especially when he can put up 300 threes in a season. Like, do I, we? I, that excites me a lot. I feel like he's a guy who in our system would have to drastically change his style of play so much that it might be. It might it might shock him like the level of usage that he would go from like what what was he at usage wise last year like ninety some odd percent <laughs> uh, let me look it, it it says here he was getting thirty seven percent of the shots and thirty six percent of the possessions <laughs> eighth in the country we we talked about how the offense is going through Drew and his offense and his usage I think was like twenty seven. Huh. <laughs> 10% more. Uh, I mean, Gino, Gino, when he came on the podcast, kind of talked about this to an extent, about going from being the guy that had to like basically create everything at his right. first stop, and then at Gonzaga, he it took him a while to adjust, and he didn't feel like he fully adjusted. I feel like that might be the same scenario with Antoine. And also, Antoine is, like, I know that they have recruited some five stars, some top flight talent to come in. But Antoine Davis, you know where he was born? Bloomington, Indiana. Could, well, could Mike Woodson say hello? Maybe, I don't maybe. know. Reckless yeah. speculation. I love it. That's the best part about this time of the year. Anything's possible. Afton Reed. Yeah, Pat Pat Beverly wants you to know anything is possible. Afton to Spokane. Dude, I'll glue myself to the floor if Efton Reed comes to Gonzaga. Bro, bet. Oh, my gosh. I'd be glued to my seat. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) And as the resident vegan, I represent PETA, so I I got the glue, you know, just like like (laughs) she did. Um, How how many – can we talk about Arkansas for just a moment? How many transfers did Arkansas get in this portal already? So, Makai Mitchell – uh, Mikel Mitchell, Trevon Brazil, and Jalen Graham of Arizona State. Graham, right. So four transfers already for Arkansas. I believe right now, depending on the decisions by some players on Arkansas, uh, they have one more basketball player than scholarships available. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure that the player that might potentially be leaving is probably leaving because have you seen the just the enormity of the players that are coming in that recruiting class like i i'm still really scratching my head on how that all comes together but i'm just kind of shocked that one of the transfer signings like they were all front court players and wings like how do you like look i love anthony black and nick smith but Freshman point guard for a number one team in the country when you have so much returning talent and Jordan Walsh. That's right. that's a little it's, bit of a head It's interesting. For me. Yeah. I mean and I mean neither of those guys are pure point guards. 
And right. Like this is not me knocking their abilities as freshmen. No, no, this no. They're exceptional talents, but they are not six foot yet... seven and a freak athlete that is, has a wet jumper. So it's not like I don't know. I mean, do you just plug and play and say, "Hey, do what JD did"? I don't know. <laughs> Rainbow. I don't know. I that's a good question. I don't like we've talked about on previous episodes. I just don't necessarily see the hype at the moment. I think there's some real legitimate questions about how it all comes together and, um, you know, kind of similar to Memphis this last year. Like I, I think Arkansas's saving grace here is that they do actually have guys who can handle the ball, you know, reliably, they can bring the ball down the court. Um, the question is, what do they do when they get into that half court set? How, how do they run that offense? I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in action yet. So it's hard for me to, to really make a, a, judgment yet um but i definitely don't see on paper how they're the number one team in the country preseason i think what we're going to be talking about next year's off season is how many of the potential hogs transfers we might or might not be interested in like yeah. i just don't know he he cannot keep that roster happy like there's not enough right. to go around and if ego of of five-star players is anything like what we've seen at Kentucky and Texas in the last few years, it will not be pretty. Gonzaga got absolutely roasted this year for playing Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman significantly less than 20 minutes. I, I guess because you don't have a point guard option, you're just going to say, Hey kids, give it a whirl, try and learn. But like, maybe, maybe they're so good that it works. And maybe Mus lucks into something that is beautiful and and meets the expectations. And Arkansas is is in Houston next year for the Final Four. But that's a lot of maybes. And I just don't see for a guy who's never truly handled five star talent at the level that some of these other programs have. Um, I don't know how he's going to do that. We'll see. You know, it's kind of like a. a tbd situation like two three weeks into the season next year we might be seeing a very different top five in the country than what we entered with should we finish up by talking about some gonzaga decisions i know we talked about certain players but i also know we have some things to chat about with future players potentially yeah, so, you know, we are waiting to find out what's going to happen with Regier Bolton, with Drew Timmy, with Andrew Nemhard to an extent. We need to hear, you know, the announcements. We also need to see what's going to happen with the draft process, you know, and that goes until June. So that's that's quite a while from now. We got a month and a half to go uh, before some of those decisions shake out. Um, you know, another thing to think about, too, is like, I don't think we're done recruiting the class of 2022 yet. You know, there might be some secret guys out there that, um, you know, might potentially intrigue us a little bit. Guys flying under the radar, maybe, maybe not even on American soil. Oh, ooh, a little European persuasion, perhaps. Hmm. You know, uh, I actually am uh, preparing for a trip at the end of May through June, and I don't know if. I have an inkling of who you're talking about, and I don't know if this is going to coincide with my trip, but if, you know, somebody that could be in Western, Central Europe, Southern Europe, uh, perhaps we could, we could mingle, have, have some sangria or something or, or some wine, uh, I mean, the drinking age is 18 there, so like they're fine. Don't worry, be, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's right. Um, but like, you know, sit down, have 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 a small plate, and uh, have a conversation about w- what the Gonzaga experience is like. Yeah, Granted, tell, them, tell them about Spokane, buddy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell them about Rincon Tapatio. I'm tell gonna... them about Logan, buddy. Uh-oh. Um, there's a brew cheese there, I think, still. Taco time is gone. It's a Starbucks now, as we addressed in a previous podcast episode. Is there Wolfies anymore? Did something sad happen to Wolfies? 
Wolfie's yeah. is dead, boys. God, uh, there's that bagel Weep. place. Everything bagel. Ultimate right? bagel, Ultimate baby. Bagel. God, I sound like a cat. I didn't even go there. I know this shit. No, I'm just yeah, no, I had a car, so like that changed things. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I'm you know, on North Division chilling, buddy. I'm gonna put yeah. this on my dream board that Tuck's gonna sit down and break, uh, break some bread. Maybe have some ham on. Um, you know, maybe some Iberco pork. Um, you know, well, he will. I'll heritage pork. I'll just let's go waft it in. You know, that's right. The smell of hazelnuts and mm. sweet, delicious porky love. Yeah, I I look forward to talking to to them. Uh, maybe see if there's a similar appreciation for Pablo Picasso. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh. This if you ask him who his favorite players were, like you know, were they were they Dirk Nowitzki or Pau Gasol or yeah. Marc Gasol? Mm, Maybe mm. Ricky Rubio. Oh yeah, who's to say? I I I look forward to that conversation happening for sure, and like having him like understand what a great system Gonzaga would be for him. Uh, this figurative, pr- not pretend, but who knows if he's really out there, guy. I know that he's he's long, he's great in transition, he's got wild handles, um, can do a little bit of everything at the cup on both ends. You know, maybe you should ask him to dance. Um, I don't know. There's there's some regional dances from Europe that could be of interest. The waltz, mm-hmm. um, maybe the flamenco. You know, mm-hmm. these are these are some things to to keep in mind for that trip. I only want to know one thing. Is he a Jose Calderon respecter or not? Because <laughs> he better be. Hey, you know, uh, you maybe Cavalier. you could talk. Yeah, maybe you could talk uh, Gino to come down from uh, Britain and and holiday in uh, warmer the warmer climes of Southern Europe. Yeah, and you know, uh, see if he has any contact information for Juan Carlos Novardo. Willie Hernan Gomez. Um, mm-hmm. Really, the list goes on. Uh, you know, if we could get a rim protector that I'm just throwing it out there is like has some Serge Ibaka vibes. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting for sure. I either way, you know, this is this being a secret and all, and us not really knowing what we're talking about at all um, on this podcast being complete and utter morons i i think that you know we'll we just need to step back let the staff do their job yeah i mean we could be shooting for someone of like i don't know if we could get a guy that plays at the same level as luka Doncic or a guy that matches fernando martin or stanley roberts like Mm -hmm. somebody of that nature interesting Nikola Mirotic, dude. I, if we could find someone like that, yeah, yeah. You know, one of my one of my favorite players of all time, not international, but his name was Reggie Miller. He was mm. an interesting player who played in the NBA for a lot of years. We get the the pleasure to hear him on, uh, you know, some March Madness broadcast now. Um, He's but, terrorizing a Wendy's. As we yeah, that's see. right, that's right. That man lives in the Wendy's apparently. So. Um, and, and speaking of Miller, um, you know, another guy who was an international um, fame, so to speak, Leonard Miller, mm. has removed Gonzaga from his list. R.I.P. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That's right. I, you know, he's a guy that I feel like in years past, maybe even in the that last. That was a great, sorry, can we stop? That was a great segue, Josh. Let's not, let's not pussyfoot around that. That was an incredible segue. Keep going. You got you. You got me all choked up, bud. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, this is a guy maybe in the past decade who who possibly would have been one of the the you know under the radar players that we would have landed before anybody else had even heard of his name, but for some reason he's already leaning pro, and that is that is interesting to me because it's like you know he literally just burst on the scene and and granted I. I know people think he's a potential five-star level talent. Um, he's grown tremendously in the last year. 
But I just question, is he a guy who would need three years, four years in a system to get to the point where he's league ready? I don't know if he's there yet. Yeah. If you watched any highlights of Leonard Miller, the first thing you say is, wow, he's really good, but also you could tell he really grew a lot really quickly. Yeah, His jump shot, like his release starts at his chest, if not his hip, like is right. very unorthodox. It seemed like definitely a guy that, that is, is still finding that center strength, finding that's that, that core of where his, his, his form and his release come from. Um, but yeah, I, I can see the tools. He was just, he was just, the, he just played in the Nike hoop summit and he had the measurables like by far the measurables, six foot 11, seven foot two wingspan. It's just a question of, does he, does he play defense the way you want him to? Does he, does he defend with his body or his legs and not with his hands? Um, there's just a I, lot of stuff with the game that it just felt like he still had development left. If he does come to college, his final two schools were what? Kentucky and Arizona? Yeah, Kentucky, Arizona, who, G League were the, the final three. If he comes to school, who the hell is he going to play over at Arizona or Kentucky? Like, is he really going to get run this year? Or is he a guy who's going to sit behind? He's not playing over Tubelis, and he's not playing over Dalen Terry. That's not yeah, happening. I... I, I don't know, man. This Pelly Larson's still is, there. The list to me screams clout and pro. Yeah. That's oh, it. it screams G League. And you know, more power to him. He yeah, definitely he's just adding the schools that everybody expects him to go to, or like yeah. what he thinks that people would expect him to go to, and then he's just gonna dip and go pro, right? Right. Yeah. G League, he's gonna make a hundred plus thousand a year for a couple years, and then maybe he does develop with one of those teams and moves on and and becomes a legitimate nba talent but i just see so much rawness to his game he he's a guy that reminds me a little bit of incoming rui hachimura Mm. at gonzaga extremely raw player who blossomed in three years and became absolutely spectacular in our system so much so that he earned his way all the way into the lottery of the NBA draft. And that is the type of talent that I feel like Leonard Miller has, but he has to develop. Good luck, I don't know who develops good big men, but it's definitely not Gonzaga. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so transitioning to 2023, let's talk a little bit about that class, a name to keep in mind. And we've mentioned him before. <laughs> Get that Disney channel going. Dusty Stromer, Southern Cali kid. Apparently he's down to to uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and Houston. But most people would say it's probably 50-50 Gonzaga or UCLA at this point. And it really comes down to two factors here. Is he going to stay home at UCLA, a school he's called his dream school before? Or is he going to come to the system that best fits his talents? The system that's going to help him become the exceptional player that he could become. And I feel like there is some movement on that front in the sense that, um, you know, there's some, there's been some talk behind the scenes that maybe a change of scenery might not be a bad thing for dusty. So, you know, I, I don't know. I I think, I think both schools have a legitimate shot at dusty here. Um, The cool thing about his recruitment is that we don't have to wait much longer. We're talking like three weeks, like first week of May, he's going to announce. Dusty, you would be a 12 in Spokane, my guy. Think about it. Think about That's it. That's right. You, you, you would be four attempts because we all know you got that three-point shot down lock. Yeah, you're four, right. you're four field goal attempts away from, from you I know. I can see the baby Kispert signs now. Oh, so, could you imagine Dusty in a white headband? How sick that would look? Usually would make oh, him wear yeah. a gross yellow one. In, in those white uh, Zags uniforms with the, the oh. outline Z-A-G-S. Oh, man. And also, Dusty, you got you to gotta know, like, yeah, Bright Lights, Big City, but you're competing against the Lakers who are going to be really, really good for a long time. You know, they're doing great. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're going up against the, you're going up against the Doyers in October, big baseball. Uh, 
the the Rams, the Chargers, Dusty. You're the show in Spokane. It's That's you. Right. It's all yeah. for you, Dusty. Made for Disney Channel. Dreams of um, Lizzie McGuire, but the male version. You know, bro. We I, get you I into. We could get like Greta Gerwig, who you should like be an actor for. Her hit film Lady Bird, which took place in Sacramento, not Los Angeles. Spokane is just Washington, Sacramento in a lot of ways. And you know, Timothy Chalamet is is right there for you for the taking. Look, look, I, I just want to throw it out now. If you want to meet Sydney Sweeney, she's from Spokane. Euphoria shout out here, Dusty. We can get you the the Sydney Sweeney bag. I know, I know that she's uh, everybody's teenage uh, heartthrob right now. Let's make it happen. She's very charitable to Spokane restaurants, so maybe they could link up and do some sort of that's uh, right nil fundraiser. Absolutely. Um. Anyway, Dusty is down to four schools. Um. Right, and he yeah. said some things recently about each one of them. Um. It worries me a little bit that he said that UCLA for him is a dream. Um. You know. Apparently, yeah, I mean, does he Coach know... Samson said Houston's one of the toughest places to play. They play let's, really hard. Let's be real about UCLA. If this is a Disney Channel movie and Dusty Stromer, Luck of the Irish, or some other, you know, beautiful basketball film, he's the protagonist. You know who the nemesis is? It's Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin, you want your coach being your enemy? That guy getting animated telling you, Dusty, why'd you shoot that? Get back on defense. Like, yeah. Hollywood Mick. I don't know, man. That's that's a villain right there if I've ever seen one. What else what else did the other school he say about the other schools, Kyle? Um, he said he loves Coach Sampson and that Houston plays real, real hard. Um, and that they're a family. Um, yeah, I just don't I don't think I don't know Arizona how... or Houston is a real shot. You don't think it's Arizona? a coin toss between UCLA mm-hmm. and Gonzaga. You don't think it is you don't think Arizona. No, because I feel like Arizona is is for the same reasons that Gonzaga is. It's, it's system and fit. Like he knows Tommy Lloyd plays that system that he loves. And actually, if anything, it kind of gives a nod to his thinking here, which is Gonzaga's system is what his preference is. So I don't know. As it should be, Dusty. That's right. Another name to keep an eye on. This is this is a this is a little bit down the road name. Something that just kind of popped onto the radar this last week. Isaiah Harwell, Pocatello, Idaho, out of the class of 2025. He's what six, the hell? He's a six five wing guard. Pocatello? Probably <laughs> probably a top ten player in in this in his class. Um, and you know this is really early in his recruitment. And you know, but the thing about him is is that we've been watching him during the live period that just opened last week. And he kind of blew up onto the scene. Um, so he's going to be a high, high level recruit. Probably will end up playing at a prep school or somewhere, I would assume, in the next couple of years. <laughs> Probably he's going to outgrow those schools real Go to St. George's. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. But, you know, just remember a guy like Stefan Gonzalez who played in Pocatello and then went on to play at St. Mary's. So it's not impossible that a guy could play in that small town vibe and then work his way into a, you know, a better situation in college. So, um, you know, I, I, I really like his game. I think he's interesting and he's somebody to really keep an eye on. I don't know where he's at anywhere in his recruitment at this point, but you know, GU has got as good of a shot as anybody right now. I would think he's a six, five wing guard combo, but he's only what? 15 years old so he could get yeah way taller he's not growing, like probably. yeah so how, how did he end up in pocatello <laughs> he's just from there uh yeah that's crazy that'll be an exciting one to watch right and that was when i was kind of looking at some of the names that blew up on this on the circuit guys that we saw and guys i've heard mentioned um that was the one that i saw and i was just like hmm idaho gonzaga pocatello interesting Pocatello, you could, you don't need to sell Spokane to the kids from Pocatello. That's right. Spokane is the big city. It sells itself, dude. They dream right. of playing in Spokane. Bro, <laughs> Alan, like, Alan Stone, Alan Stone can't leave Spokane. He loves it so much for, after Raftrum. I will say he's really close to Salt Lake City. So BYU could be ready to poach. Yeah, big, big 12 BYU. 
Yeah. yeah Big 12 bottom draggers. I mean, by, by be, then, uh, experienced Big 12 uh, vets by that point, right? Oh, could you imagine? Like, the year's 2025. Gonzaga's in its first season in the Big East, and they have the another top 10 recruit in their system. How beautiful that would be. It would be so beautiful. Yeah, that's totally going to happen. Book it. Book it. Cold take me. I don't care. I, I've got a, I got a two-leg parlay on Gonzaga joins the Big That's East. That's right. And Isaiah Hartwell joins us. I've been gambling, by the way. And, we got legs, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we got legs. 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 All right. So that is this week's episode. We're slimming it down until we get a little more clarity. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. So, um... If you have any information about conference realignment, if you want me to make you a graphic, if you want me to like talk to you about, um, you know, some great vegan recipes, uh, email tuckedinedits at gmail.com. Um, do please sign me up for whatever spam mail you want. Uh, Ironclad McAfee defense is, is, is up and running, but, be ready for some graphics. I'll tell you that right damn now. Um, fellas, let's light some candles as we head out. Afton Reed. Afton Reed. Afton. Big East. Manifesting. Manifest. Afton Destiny. Big East Energy. Uh, I'm going to play some clips and then say Epton Reed's name seven times in the mirror. Uh, update the dream board. Let's see what happens. Let's get it done. Or 15, because that's what number he wore at LSU. That works too. Yeah. I mean, he's got the, he's got his hair as powerful as Matt Bolden. So why not 15? Let's go.